It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from Microsoft Surface. Now more than ever, you need a laptop that can be as adaptable as you are. Introducing Microsoft Surface Laptop Go. Finally, a premium laptop at an affordable price. Starting at just $549, its light, thin design, vibrant touchscreen, powerful processor, and built-in HD camera and mic turns any room in your home into a classroom, office, or study hall. Available in three amazing colors the whole family will love. Visit surface.com slash laptop go for more details. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. I am Daniel, your host, and so happy to bring you your team every day. The Warriors won a... An interesting, I guess you could say, 139-115 game against the Washington Wizards that had a lot of unusual elements in it. I mean, I think the the biggest takeaway of it for me was just their sheer just offensive dominance for most of the game. They ended up scoring 139 on a very capable Wizards team, but it was really fueled by Stephen Curry. Curry had six assists in the first quarter and was, was really dominant, actually, and kind of both of the big facets of offense in terms of scoring and assisting. He had 12 points on four of six, which included five of, uh, four of five from three, but he also had those six assists. And then he really turned on the scoring later on in the game, finishing with 42 points, 15 of 22 from the field, nine of 14 from three. Not not quite his NBA record, but, you know, a, a really strong performance in that way. And the Wizards are not the defensive team I kind of thought and hoped they would be under Scott Brooks for a lot of reasons. I mean, they're a little bit of an older roster. Their their big men have been less consistently healthy. Jan Mahimi, who actually I thought did a, a decent enough job in this game. But the Warriors, at their best, even without Kevin Durant, are an absolutely dominant offensive team, and they were generating reliable looks for themselves. They were, and, and in some ways, most impressively, they were doing a lot of it in the half court. They were credited with 24 fast break points, but they also didn't do much in terms of second chance points for a variety of reasons. One of, you know, they, they did get 11 offensive rebounds, but they still only had seven second chance points. So that goes in a lot of different directions. I mean, of course, a lot of the praise does and should go to Curry. He was, he was dominant out there and was doing a nice job of facilitating when the team needed that and then shooting when the team needed that. And he ended the game. I, I talked about his overall line, but he was 12 of 17 on what are, on what are consi- considered uncontested shots. And so an uncontested shot is one where the defenders are just a little bit further away. It does often happen more on, on long distance shots because just the players are more spread out. It's hard to get an uncontested shot at the rim unless it is, you know, a fast break where nobody else gets back. And the Warriors have done it. I've talked about it a lot on this show. They've done it a lot through defense. That has been a calling card for them since Kevin Durant got out that has been a truism that when they've played well, it has really been the defense fueling the offense. And while I brought up last week that they had a game, I believe that was the game, yeah, it was against the Rockets, where the first, the the, the one at Oracle, where 
in many ways early on their their offense betrayed their defense but generally speaking the warriors have used successful defense to fuel successful offense and in this game the defense was fine i mean i thought john wall had some absolutely spectacular plays but by and large i thought the defense was you know pretty much more more in the standard realm for them but their offense was still absolutely superlative really top to bottom i mean they were incredible during the very limited amount of regular minutes that JaVale McGee played but overall you know the starting five their points per hundred possessions was about 140 which is ludicrous you know even for the small sample size that is a single game you have that going in there and something that I've really enjoyed the last couple weeks that they've been going back to that Kerr kind of once he shuffled around the rotation once Ian Clark had started really doing well is going back to a lineup that they used periodically the last couple of years, which I've referred to for years as the TLC lineup because, I don't know, I want to. And that's Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Sean Livingston playing together. And the benefit there is that Livingston can fit in as a facilitator and defender without having to worry about his lack of shooting really kind of compounding everything else that's going on. And while Livingston is a very good player, that limitation, the fact that he basically cannot shoot threes, I believe he still hasn't made one at Oracle. I'll go back and look at that at some point. But with Stephen Clay, it doesn't really matter that he has that limitation. He can look for his own shot at moments. He can defend zealously and, and make smart decisions. In many ways, in that situation, he lines up more like when Andre Guadalupe's shot is not falling. He looks a lot more like that player. And at this point in his career, that might be one of the better versions of him that's out there. It's interesting to think of him that way as kind of like a version of what Pat McCaw could end up being, though McCaw has more talent as a shooter and will never be the passer that Sean Livingston is because Livingston is incredible on that end. It is an interesting kind of idea of what those guys could be, and I think it's part of the reason why Livingston works so well there. And a lot of times they time that up so that he's not playing with Draymond Green. And Draymond is, you know, he does a million things well, but shooting has not been one of them, at least this year. So they've gotten into some lineups there that could really work. I would actually like to see the TLC guys and then try a series of different guys at the four. Iguodala is fine. And then actually David West at center, because then it complements it in terms of getting some mid-range shooting there. But they've used JaVale in that spot, and that's worked well too so you can you can do it a couple of different ways but so it was it was strange in the sense that the Warriors looked you know they looked in control early they it was a game this has happened a couple times in re, in the recent past where they had more highlights than than lead for a lot of it like it looked like they were beating the Wizards by a lot and then they weren't but then they went on that big third quarter run and really did take control of the game as I said, through primarily offense, the defense in that stretch, when I when I was watching it, you know, watching it live at Oracle, didn't seem particularly strong. Then the Wizards, you know, if you want to look at it from pure numbers, they scored 31 points, but they could do nothing to stop the Warriors during that stretch. And Golden State was getting good looks for Clay, who ended up with 23 points. And just all over the floor, they were able to get, get quality looks, and they weren't settling, which was a big problem in the early part of that game against the Rockets and a part of their win, their big win in the, against the Spurs, but the early part where they struggled was that there was a level of being okay or being satisfied with early looks that weren't that great. And when the Warriors fight, even against good defenses, and the Wizards certainly are not a good defense at this point, I think they can be better than they've been, 
but when they work for it and not even use the full 24, but just use like the first half of it or even push it to like the 18 to 20 second mark, they're going to get something good. And they did that a lot in this game when they needed to. And they, they also, of course, did well in transition. So I don't know that there are any particularly big takeaways from this game other than a reminder of just how good they can be offensively. I've focused on the defense for the last little bit because I, I think that is key to their success. But, I mean, the Warriors are still the best offensive team in the league. I know, I'm, I I think they're probably the best even with or without Durant, as crazy as that sounds, just because Barnes at this point and McCaw, of course, have figured out that their spot is really to kind of make shots when they come to them and otherwise stay out of the way. And when you have the best shooting backcourt in the history of the league, that can work. And they, they have so many guys that can move the ball well, and that ties in with something that I've been talking about recently, which is with, I talked about this a little bit with Ben Golliver when I did Real Jam Radio, but a couple of other things is that like part of the Warriors that will be really hard to replicate when people want to, in future years, try to do it. One of the big challenges is just dealing with trying to get guys that can, that can move the ball intelligently. Like that's something that's very different that the Warriors do. It's not just having a ton of shooters it's having guys that can move it intelligently they can dribble the ball you know they can grab and go and there are elements of that that just will not be replicable by most teams because there aren't that many players especially at the bigger spots that can do that there aren't many Draymond Greens there aren't many Andre Guadalas and I've been more impressed by that actually in Durant's absence though he is an anomaly as well just because it's a reminder of how many other guys they have that have unusual skill sets. David West is a spectacular passer. He didn't show it as much in this game as he has in some other ones, but he still did have a couple of really nice nice passes, and I, I continue to love his chemistry with Ian Clark, and I think that's part of what's making the, the unit that starts the second and fourth quarters really sing, though they did struggle at the beginning of that fourth quarter, which eventually led to the Kerr having to bring back in Stephen Curry when the league got down to I think it was 13 at that point just for kind of a closing kick and then they ended up winning comfortably and that led to the last little conflict of this game the Wizards this year and in past years have a propensity for making small things big things and it seems like that's what happened John Wall had some sort of comment about how it looked like they were trying to show us up I mean that's just kind of what the Warriors do and with Brandon Jennings, I mean, he got offended by JaVale McGee taking a three basically as time expired. And I agree with Coach Kerr that it wasn't a good idea and that he probably shouldn't have done it. But at the same point, it's JaVale McGee. And I understand why Jennings was frustrated because you never want to see a team that just that just beat you pretty soundly doing that. But I think at this point, JaVale's reputation for kind of doing what he wants and being a little bit freewheeling has made its point. And while there is an institutional memory for players that haven't been on that team, it is something that Washington Wizards fans know all too well because, of course, his, his trouble time there before the odyssey with Denver and everything else. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Again, this is another example of running out the clock being significant in terms of the Warriors' quest for the number one seed. They're now up three and a half games on the Spurs, I believe that they're, they have five games left and the Spurs have six. So that's not sealed, but it's awfully close. And they play again on Tuesday against the Timberwolves. We'll see if they come out hot with that. We're getting to the point where, you know, they can, if they don't have to bring it every single game, they're going to be very close to clinching. And these next couple 
might end up having a little a little bit of an interesting lingering impact just because of the idea of Durant, you know, not not being back yet. So we'll see how all that works out. I think that so with the back to back, I'm guessing that what they'll do is they'll bring it on the Tuesday game and then maybe on Wednesday they tone it down a little bit, do the travel. I had suggested the idea to somebody about having some of the guys not even make the trip. We'll see if that happens. I think that was with Adam Wardson after Rockets the second Rockets game, the one at Oracle. We'll see if that happens. I legitimately don't know. I don't have any particular insight into that part of the process, but we'll see. So I think that's enough for now. It was a a dominating performance, an impressive performance, but not something that I think other than Curry just being being great from a comfort level, from just having his dribble there and hitting open shots. It wasn't, to me, even though he scored 42, it didn't seem like 15-16 unanimous MVP stuff. It looked more like just getting a little bit better opportunities. Some of them were forged out of his ability, but some of them was just, you know, guys getting a little bit off defensively. And I thought that the Wizards played well offensively. I thought about John Wall with that. But so I'm not going to, I'm not worried about the defense at all or anything like that. It's just, you know, they didn't need it in this game and they played awesome on offense. So we can take it from there. My schedule is going to be a little bit different this week because um, I'm actually in a hotel room right now. I'm making my way up to... Portland for the Nike Hoop Summit, which is a really cool event, seeing the guys who many of them will be in the ne- in next year's draft, so the 2018 draft, the best players, kind of high school age for the U.S., and then there's an international team as well, so watch the practices and everything else. So I'm going to be up here. I will not be covering the game in person on Tuesday, but I will, of course, be watching. So the timing of the show, having episodes on off days might be different, or, or they might come out at strange times. That is the nature of kind of being on a trip like this but I will do my best to make sure that you guys have plenty of good stuff. And then, of course, that is just this week only. I will be back on Saturday for Warriors Blazers or for Warriors Pelicans, which might end up being the Durant return game. We obviously still don't know that yet. So thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback, good, bad, or indifferent, NBA at gmail.com, at DanielLaru on Twitter. If you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. I do not promise I will respond. I can't promise that. It's unreasonable. And if you want to support the show, leave a rating, leave a review, and you can also subscribe, download every episode. Those are great things to do. You can also check out the podcast Nate Duncan and I released today for Dunked On is a recap of the over-under bets that we made during, or that you know, we fake made during the preseason. I think we did it on like October 1st. It's fun to go through. Of course, the Warriors are a part of that, but a lot of, you know, what we got right, what we got wrong, what we learned about the process. So I think you guys will enjoy that as well. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and make it a great day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Hey, Bay Area sports fans. This is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked on Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast 
in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.